0: Silicon Valley, a place where passionate entrepreneurs and savvy investors have created more wealth and innovation than ever before seen on this planet. There's so much mythology surrounding this tiny yet influential place that it can be hard to tell fiction from fact. I'm George Soto, and this is Startups Unedited. In this episode, we sit down with my good friend, Gretchen Diniker, who's currently COO at Saster, which is an early stage venture fund and startup community. She's been in this game for over 18 years and was a first hire at companies such as Ecosign, which is now part of Adobe. And you can imagine when she joined, she was the first non-technical hire. So this means she did everything from like sales, marketing, business development. If it was non-technical, she did it. And what's even more impressive, was that there were zero customers when she joined and now they're part of a very large public company. She's been at six startups over the years of which one she was a founder at. We sat down and got passionate and excited and a little emotional. What was her take on this entire startup ecosystem and the whole founder experience? Check it out we've been meeting with investors and founders and others in the startup ecosystem here in San Francisco, uh, really asking questions around like, you know, what is it really like to be a founder in San Francisco? You see the media and the, how they portray it. You see like, you know, HBO, which is a great show, but you saw, uh, there was something on, there was a show on, um, I forgot the name of it, but I think it was Silicon Valley on Bravo and Bravo yeah, I mean, come on. Right. So, you know, it's been interesting what we've what we've heard so far, but you know why don't you take a second to kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your professional background.
1: Sure, I'm Gretchen Nikka. I'm currently the COO of Saster, um, but I've been doing the enterprise software thing since 1998, so like back in the last century. I'm practically an artifact. Um, this is my sixth startup. Um, One turn as a founder, five as an employee, Um,
0: yeah. What is the most challenging thing that I think we as founders have to deal with when trying to launch an idea and get to like even just a a place where someone could use the product?
1: I think the hardest part, and I wish if someone gave me this advice that I heard it, people probably did and I just didn't hear it. But I think the hardest part for me was like in the first two years, if someone had said, you're doing great if, you're, if things aren't working every day, you rule a few more things out, right? Like I felt like, I mean, as a founder, you feel like you're failing every day anyway, but especially with the product in the first two years of feeling like now with with looking back i'm like no you were just ruling out all the things that wouldn't work that was actually whittling down to what the product would be what it would what the path would be what the features would be all of those things right but every day i was just like we're idiots we are idiots and we're not getting anywhere and we're just coming up with more stupid ideas and if i could just reframe it and when i do this again i will have it reframed of like no this is just one more thing that's not going to work on the path to finding this perfect little groove that we're looking for i wish i'd known that part
0: when do you know to walk? You know, when do you know that you put in, you know, a year plus maybe two, three years? I mean, you know, this, this sometimes yeah. these things take a while to, to fail. When do you know it's it's just a le- it's enough is enough?
1: I don't think as a founder, um, you ever feel that way. I think the bank account tells you. Right. But I don't think as a founder you're like, This isn't working, I need to go. I mean I guess, you know, obviously some people feel that way and they do that for me I can't imagine ever getting there mm-hmm. like if you gave me more money I would go back and work on my idea more right now yeah. right like I would still want to make it work I'm still that passionate about it and we shut the company down two years ago yeah. right if you said you can go back tomorrow and you can start just where you left off I would do it mm-hmm. um, knowing all the things that I know anyway, and it still right?
0: hasn't been solved okay. right. So, yeah, yeah. The problem, <laughs> right like there's still a
1: market maybe totally. or we were idiots and we'll always have been idiots but I think someone will solve the problem
0: Mm -hmm. when do you know hey this is time like this is the moment for me to take that leap of faith leave the the stable thing and take this risk
1: I think well if you have like a standard nine-to-five my personal recommendation would be go work for a startup first um, and just get a feel for is this level of ambiguity and uncertainty and just a little bit of chaos every day, is that even something that's comfortable for me, right? Like you might decide that the, the predictable nine to five is a better choice for you. Um, some people would disagree with that and they would say, if you have an idea and you really wanna go do it, go be a founder. And I think if you do have something that you're really, really, really passionate about and you're driven to go do it, then just go do it. But if you're kind of like, I wonder what being a founder would be like, go be an employee. Uh, a really early employee, and get like a lot of the feel for it, and then decide. Especially if you're not like pulled by something.
0: I mean, I agree with you, and th- that I wouldn't have agreed maybe like ten years ago or mm-hmm. something, because right. I would have been like, no, no, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something to be said about leadership, I think, and understanding how to build an organization and operate a thing. Right. And that's distinctly different than like building an app. right? Can we unpack that for a second?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because when you think about starting a company, you think primarily about the product and your market and all of those things, right? But you don't think about, oh, and I'm gonna be learning how to be a CEO while I'm a CEO, right? Like, (laughs) there's no other job in the world where you kind of train for it as you're going along and it's actually not, and it's your side gig almost, right? Like you thought I was just gonna be a founder, I'm gonna bring this company to market, and then there's this secondary thing of oh shit, and I need to be a great leader, I need to get these investors to believe in me, I need to get these employees to believe in me, and then I have to like keep the ship sailing and Mm -hmm. keep everything like in some level of balance while you're freaking out inside. And I think like there's nothing really that can prepare you for that, like nothing, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to start to learn about HR, and stock plans, and cap tables. There's the
1: mechanics of it, right?
0: And and that's a huge learning curve.
1: Like, I won't even discount, like, how much that is. But there's also learning how to be a leader. I mean, I think there's so much pressure that I didn't realize until I was sitting in a C-suite chair of, like, no, the buck really does stop here. Like yeah. there is a final decision yeah. that has to be made, right? And when you're freaking out and you're like, know that you're wrong, the way that you do in every other job you've ever had, you can't show that, right? And you have to, and when everyone else is freaking out, you have to be there for them, and it's almost like parenting, I'm guessing, yeah. right? Where like you don't really have anyone to turn to, like you just have to take care of everybody else, and I think that part, uh, it's heavy.
0: Yeah, it's the whole paradox of it all.
1: Right. Like, it's very weighty in a way that I didn't, I couldn't have anticipated, I
0: think. Speaking yeah. of weighty things, mm. you know, I have I joke around about how many times I've failed because I started <laughs> so early. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. in college, like, losing money. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, brutal. it's It's like, like, when your company fails, it's like your baby's, Failing, you know, right? Yeah, what is it like? Like, what is that? You know, like, what's the reality of it?
1: Well, I think uh, it kind of depends on how you fail, right? I guess there are probably a lot of different flavors. Ours was we weren't getting enough traction, um, it was pretty clear that we weren't going to be able to before we ran out of money. Um, and so, start planning for an acquisition or what are the other options, mm-hmm. right? Like, that gets. Um, heavy, but I what I think it really felt like was I am in a plane crash in slow motion and like at some point you know you're gonna crash and you're like oh well maybe there's a body of water somewhere right and whatever those things are where you might be able to sort of have like one person might die but a few people might live kind of a landing Mm -hmm. right and then eventually you just realize like, no, this is definitely going to crash. And then you just say, OK, let's nosedive now. Like, peace out, everybody, right? And then some jerk takes the parachute yeah. and jumps out. And you're like, well, I guess the rest of us are here, right? Yeah. So there's, I mean, that's, that's my analogy of it. It's like a six-month plane crash in slow motion. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out a way out of it. And then you just sort of have to sit there and wait to die. Yeah. and that's. Horrible. Yeah, That's limbo. Horrible. <laughs> well, of, at some point, you realize you can no longer do anything to affect an outcome. Mm-hmm. And as a founder, especially, I think it's hard on anyone, but as a founder, where you're like, your whole thing is to be able to force outcomes, mm-hmm. right? To come up with creative ways to overcome problems, to like throw enough energy or resources or just sheer grit at something and solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And this, it's not solvable. And you're also not able to shape the outcome, and that's especially acquisitions. Acquisitions are the weirdest. Like, no one talks about how odd that whole experience is.
0: it's so bizarre. I just went through one with Twitter, and it was was very, very interesting. Right. How do you start to be able to sort of, like, implement, I don't know, you know, certain uh, hobbies or uh, exercises or things in your life that you could start to sort of um, develop more of a work-life balance as you're building these startups? Mm-hmm. And do you think like that's as important as I think, like myself, I, I really actually believe doing some sort of yoga or doing these sorts of things to try to balance it out is really important. How much do you actually think that is an important component?
1: I think it's incredibly important. I think you need two things. You need your thing, whatever it is. Meditation, yoga, running. Whatever it is that your thing that just takes you out of your own head for a little bit. Like for me, I do a very specific type of yoga, right? That like is all about alignment, and so you like you can't think about anything yeah. else and do this type of yoga, right? So it's perfect because it takes me out of my own head, which is the prison, right? And then you also need to be able to like. Um, have a network, have mm-hmm. a support system. And it has to be someone who understands what you're going through. So your current friends, unless you all your friends are founders, they're not gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Right? And your significant other and your family, they can be supportive up to a point, but they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just look at them and be like, oh, it's so hard, and they actually understand the weight. Like, I can look at you right now, and you, we don't even have to talk, right? Yeah. Like, you know exactly what I'm feeling. You can, yeah. you can suddenly feel that weight yeah. return, right? Where you're like, oh, I feel kind of heavy, and my stomach feels a little totally. fluttery and yeah. everything, right? Because you get that feeling, and so you need those people, and they can't maybe be doing exactly what you're doing, because you also have to be really transparent. You have to have someone that you can just go to with, like, real problems. And even if they can't give you advice, they can just listen. Um, and that's those two things. Otherwise, you're gonna lose your freaking
0: mind. Yeah, As literally. Not, like, yeah, literally. Yeah, like, <laughs>
1: gone. Yeah.
0: What is Silicon Valley culture? It, does it even exist? Is there something called Silicon Valley culture?
1: I think it's evolved, right? Like, I've been here for 18 years, and I've kind of watched it. Um. And I guess I've grown up and changed too, right? Like in the beginning it was like oh just add .com to your name right like i tra- i started my career at the beginning of the first bubble right so that was and of course i didn't you don't know it's a bubble so your perspective is really 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 skewed right like i think people who've started their career in the past 2 years have that same skewed idea of like things have always been great there will always be money there will mm-hmm. because that's that's your reality right and so when everything went sideways that really like fell apart um, but I think for me, it's about resilience mm-hmm. um, and it's about a passion. Um, and I think there's a lot of kind of bullshit stuff around it that yeah. um, people like to sort of, bastardize isn't the right word, but like sort of to take this feeling and this concept and like and then make it like fail fast, yeah. right? Like you can't boil it down yeah. to that, right? Yeah. Like Or it's okay to fail. It is yeah. not okay to yeah. fail. Yeah. It's never fucking okay to yeah. fail. No one's okay with failing maybe there's not as much shame or whatever externally but as a founder if you fail you're a fucking failure you failed yeah, yeah. right like and it's painful it, it's painful yeah. and because i'm in silicon valley it i don't think it makes you it suck and give any you anxiety less. Yeah. And all these things yeah like, so so the idea of like oh everyone just comes and it's okay to fail like it's not yeah. right but maybe it's i haven't lived in another culture yeah. where it's less okay yeah. right but there's there's the ideas of silicon valley that you see externally and then there's sort of what I feel like is the reality. I mean, there's a lot of arrogance. There's a lot of, you know, if it's not here, then it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And some of that's somewhat founded, but it's also like sort of self-fulfilling, right? Like, well, if investors say you can't make it unless you're here and then you move here, then, right, and then you succeed, then it's attributed, right, so, yeah, I think, there's, I think there's a bunch of crap, and then I think there's sort of the, the real feeling of Silicon Valley, yeah.
0: yeah. What tips would you give, let's say, an early stage SaaS startup CEO around, hey, I, I got a little product, how do I go to market?
1: I think, I mean, my advice to founders usually tends around how to manage yourself being a founder. Like, the getting to market part, I think, is less hard than sort of fighting the demons in your head, right? I think there are a few things like, you know, you're warned to pick your co-founders carefully, um, and I knew that going in. I think the thing I needed to make more peace with was that that's just gonna change and evolve over time, and maybe not to try to hold on to that and think I have to get it perfect right this second, Um, and and to be more honest with yourself about whether things are going right or going wrong. um, I think, the number one thing is as, as a founder is you get a lot of advice from a lot of people, and you should, and then if your gut says none of that's right, then go with your gut.
0: Go with your gut.
1: Like, 50% yep. of the time, you're probably gonna be wrong anyway, so cool. at least be wrong knowing that you were like true to yourself, because whatever advice you get, they only have a limited amount of information, right? No matter how much you talk to someone about it, no matter how similar the thing is, to the thing that they did, and that's why they're giving you the advice. Like, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not living, eating, and breathing your business every day. Only you know. Your gut knows, so I think that. Um, and then I think finding that balance, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, right? Of, of finding your way to... Like not you'll burning never, out. You'll never be calm. Yep. You'll, I mean, if you were a normal person, you wouldn't be a founder to start with. If you didn't <laughs> love chaos, if you didn't love like the angst and the like whatever, you wouldn't be there, right? But it's, it's your normal, it's your balance, but there has to be something. Like if you're running on fumes all the time, you know, you're doing everyone a
0: disservice but yourself the most, yeah. right, so. I didn't, that's something that I didn't get for a while. I got it
1: intellectually.
0: Yeah. I didn't
1: get it for real.
0: For real, yeah. yeah. I remember I was, n- you know, mid to late 20s trying to do a MTV local type thing in San Diego. <laughs> right. It ended up becoming a night com- club promoting company. Right. Um, anyways, that was, that was a long year, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I was so determined. I hit zero, you know, in the bank and that's a tough place to be and I came up to San Francisco and Jim Payne. Um, who ended up becoming the co co-found, uh, founder and CEO at Mopub? Mm-hmm. He was at Google at the time, was in San Francisco. We were trying to spin up some other thing. I forgot, like toolbars were big. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to do a toolbar. But, anyways, right. so I'll tell you that another day. Back in the I probably day. need a beer for that one. <laughs> yeah. But I remember living out of my truck and I had this you know, 2005 Dodge Dakota with a fiberglass top in the back, and I just saying no. I had no money f- to get an apartment in San Francisco. I right. was like, in 2008 at this time, I was like, no, I'm not gonna give up. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that there's no way i could actually build a company from the back of my truck (laughs) like i needed some basic things the hierarchy at least a hot plate yeah exactly so that's that's what surfaces for me when you say that right gretchen reminded us of the roller coaster that is this entrepreneurial journey the ups and downs the joys and sorrows and how important it is to get your mind spirit and body right for this journey until next time i'm george soto and you're watching startups unedited well when i was in high school here you know what was the nerds the nerds who got no attention everyone kind of looked the other way and now we're kind of rock stars and movie stars and to be honest i don't like that And and i think it does us a disservice because it's not glamorous working hard is not glamorous uh... when you I mean having to fire people because you can't make payroll. There's nothing more unglamorous about that. You know, that sucks. And and it's it's just as hard as it is uh as it is long and it's something that if you want to be an entrepreneur, um, you have to want it. Gretchen. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm looking at my um at my notes here. I, see. I wanted to ask you a couple. Do you have questions.
1: a picture of yourself? I your do.
0: Why well, took not <laughs> of my screen, but I took one earlier, because I thought the lighting was great. Mm-hmm. I think I was cruising around somewhere in the marina. Right. And I went into like selfie mode. hmm And then I was like. Ah. <laughs> and then it worked, but then you just saw it. And I think, I don't know if I was that happy with it. But anyways. Well, I just
1: saw it there. I was like, I've never seen anyone have a picture of themselves on their home screen.
0: That would be pretty narcissistic. Mm-hmm. I think I'm... Or just like fun, like I really love this picture. Or yeah, I, I know. Or like, I was gonna say, but sometimes when I get sad, I might wanna be like, hey, look, you look so good in that thing. <laughs> so this, the fact that right. girls are not giving me, or, you, the know, you, you don't you know, have a puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a puppy. <laughs>